0: It's a dirty hair day. Whenever I wear a hat, I can promise you, it's a dirty hair day. That's why I'm wearing it, because it's supposed to be dressed up on uh, Wednesdays. Dressed down on Fridays. I'm dressed down both days. I want to let everybody know. It's today, Wednesday? Today's Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a crazy day. Um, Okay. So, um... Wednesday of next week, I will not be in town. We'll be out of town. So we will not have podcasts next Wednesday. So today, Friday, and then next Friday. Um, We're going to do something a little different today. But before we get into that, I'm going to have Tracy. Tracy's voice is... Tracy is overcoming the crud that so many people have had. I think it's Natalie. I think Natalie said... That it, a lot of people are catching the variants, variant from COVID. It's because the shedding of the vaccine off of people. Oh, fine. The vaccinated Thanks, are shedding. Yeah. And so, okay. which was the purpose of it, which right. might kick me off of Facebook right now because I'm <laughs> using that word. But okay. the deadly two words, COVID mm-hmm. and vaccine together. Totally. I'm going to tell you, like today's podcast, you might want to just switch over to Facebook because at the near, near the end, uh, I'm going to play something and people it's going to probably kick us off. So if you're on Facebook, either go to Black Robe TV. I'm doing Tracy's job right now. <laughs> Thank you. Go to Black Robe TV or go to Rumble because it might get kicked off. Go
1: Tracy. There you go. Yep. So um, if you're on Facebook, you can say hello. By the way, Talia likes my voice like this, so I'm actually I'm considering keeping it this like, way. Like what is I that don't called? like it like this when it's
0: lost. I find it kind of. Yeah. sexy. No, yeah. if you have a gruffy voice, you don't have a gruffy voice. <laughs> no, I'm sick. You have sick. a whisper voice.
1: I know, I know. It's I not. Know. I don't like it. I don't either. Allison doesn't either, and she's like praying it away because she does not like that it sounds like this.
0: <laughs> no, you sound <laughs> so congested.
1: Right, I am. And whisper, and whispery. I know that's why I'm really close to the mic, but you can hear me now. All right. Yeah, I can barely so, hear
0: you, which is going to be a problem for me. Okay,
1: I'll have to like... No, I can't have you my... yell
0: because if you <laughs> yell then we have no voice again and I need you Friday. Okay,
1: okay. Alright, so if you're on Facebook, we need you to like and share and um, also just comment where you're watching from and then jump over to Rumble because like Hope just said, we're going to play something at the end that you'll want to be able to view from beginning to end and so it, most likely Facebook will either completely take the video down um, or like stop it or we'll go mute for a little bit. And so but it might not. You never know. Facebook is silly like that. YouTube probably will. YouTube has a lot of rights and issues and stuff like that. So um if you're on Facebook, um, yeah, hop over. I see you. I see you six people. All right, so we've got but you can comment first. So we can get like there, share on your page, do all the fun stuff. And then um, over to Rumble, that's where we're always going to end up. So I'm going to just talk about YouTube real quick. If you subscribe on YouTube, you'll get a notification that we are live before we go live. And we always go live 10 minutes before with our countdown. So you'll get that notification so you can remember to hop on if you can watch live with us. And then if you are on Black Robe, you can say hello. Me and Talia are in there. And then um, you can comment. You can subscribe to there as well. And um, there's always an option to share a link if you would rather share a link um, in an email form or in a, ch- in, in a text message or something like that if you want to send it to your friends to watch with you. Um, and so on Rumble, we've got Sharon watching. We've got Sarah Bopschke in the house. <laughs> um, Sean's on. And anyway, Galena and Fern is on. And <laughs> Kentucky Hey, uh, and that's pretty much it. Alice from Kentucky. All right. Oh, and Anne-Marie just popped on too. So we've got everybody over in Rumble. Obviously, Talia's in there as well. Um, If you have any questions, you know, you can send them in the chat as well. But it's always great if you can just send them right to our email. Then I will definitely get them in line and I'll send them right over to Hope and she'll get those answered for you guys. And, of course, we've got our merch and um, we are working on, still working on that hat, and we've come up against a couple of issues. But I think we have the answer. Um, we're going to do a little test print and just see if we're happy with with the outcome of what we're going to show you guys soon. So stay stay in tune for that. It'll be coming up very very soon. And I think that's pretty much it. Hope coming back.
0: Well, well, well. Okay, cool beans. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. All right. So since um, Tracy is limited to how much she com- can comment. We don't have Sarah today because I think, S- is Sarah on her cruise yet or yes. is she ha- are about she about to go on her cruise? She's, she's traveling, traveling, today, yeah. traveling to get to the cruise. Yes,
1: so she can be ready to hop on tomorrow.
0: So bon voyage, Sarah. You will yes. be missed. Yes. Ten days. Only, so I'm going to, she's going to miss... Since we don't have a podcast next week, she'll only miss three podcasts. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's exciting, though.
1: I know. I'm happy for them. I'm very happy for her.
0: Like, what number is this anniversary? 20th. 20th? Yeah. Yeah. She's doing it right. They got cute matching shirts. I could never get Tom on a cruise. Really? No. No. Not even (laughs) the food could get him on. I was going
1: to say the food. No. Non-stop food all day long.
0: Okay. He's not a water guy. But... I did hear from some people who watch this podcast, and they're really counting on us doing a ladies' cruise. Listen. Oh, my gosh. I'm down. So we might have to figure that out. Okay. Which means we're going to have to put Heather on it. Okay. Thank extent. you. Because I really don't you, want Heather. To be the one Heather loves organizing it. that. And, yeah. And, like, if you, organizational things is Heather's jam. Yeah. She's so good at she it. She lives for it. Yeah. I don't know, like, if organizing a closet is really, like, what she loves. It probably is. But I'm just saying, like, organizing life, whatever that entails, right right up that chick's alley. Yeah. So since I don't really have you to a certain extent, I'm going to count on Vanessa. And then when Talia is not, like, typing, (laughs) Talia doesn't have a lot of history. She doesn't she understands to a certain extent of what we're going to be discussing but like the longer you live the more you'll understand this topic so mm-hmm. she'll have a limited amount that she can add but I'm sure it'll be good what she does add um okay what I'm going to talk about today is which everybody saw um on social media if you're on social media is why do we do what we do and I was, I'm so glad, normally I start working on the podcast, the questions and everything like that over the weekend, figuring out which ones are next and everything like that. But on Sunday, when I was thinking about everything, I was like, I, w- I started to work on the questions and I just like could not do it. For some reason, I'm like, I wonder why I'm like having this block. Why is it that I just, because normally you you just get going and it's a flow. But it was not flowing. And so um, by the end of the evening, actually, that's not true. Um, I started working on it, but it just didn't feel right. By the next day, I was like, I know why I'm not supposed to um, do the podcast normally. Don't you worry about if you have to cough.
1: Okay. I keep muting Tracy's, it. I'm Tracy's. i muting
0: it. You might hear coughing, but that's okay. Do what you, I mean, do what you got to do, girl. Um, and listen, I know the media would tell you otherwise, even though she's not wearing a mask, and it's a Zoom call, if you will, to a certain extent, she does yeah. not need to wear a mask because you guys won't catch it. Right. No. Nobody's going to catch this thing. We won't catch it because no, right. we have a hedge of protection around exactly. us in this I don't right. really, I've never cared about that crap. Me either. I've never, I don't know if I've ever even had COVID. I think yeah. I might have, but I like, who knows? Cause I really never felt sick. I know. And so like, I don't even know if I even, what do they say? That's asymptomatic or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, but I don't get sick. I know. I don't either. It's ridiculous. I never get sick. You no, know, my ever. daughter. And told if I me? do, it's so short because I mm-hmm. start fighting it like, right right yes. away. Like it's so brief.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know what it would be like to be like sick for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I
1: know it. This like Mackenzie came in my room and she's like, you know why you're sick, right? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, it's unbelief.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, Amen. <laughs> so I know. It's you know so, what? I know. <laughs> I used to have allergies. Okay. Then I prayed and got rid of them. I didn't even know what they were. But at the same time, after the second year, I got sick with the same thing. Knew what it was. I was like, I've never had allergies, but they say your body changes like every Mm -hmm. seven to ten years or something like that, right? Every seven. Mm -hmm. So I was like, and I didn't know that either. I was like, okay. So I prayed those things off. Mm -hmm. I had it for. Three years. The third year, I like got rid of it really fast. Before that, it lasted weeks, like laryngitis mm-hmm. one time for two weeks, laryngitis. Mm. Oh my and I prayed that sucker mm. off. Never got him again. Years and years. Like, I'm telling you, it was 10 plus years. Wow. Then all of a sudden, Mm-mm. came back again. And I had mm-hmm. stopped praying that now I would get no... No, you know, you get to a custom, I will not have allergies right. this year, I will not, mm-hmm. and then boom, I had them, wow. I had to pray those suckers off. Now again, I've never had allergy yeah. a- at all, any allergy issues at all for now, probably two or three years, Praise but God. it's just weird, like, yeah. I don't get sick. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. It's not weird that I don't get sick, no, no, it's I'm not. just saying <laughs> it's weird that when you do start feeling anything, yeah. Yeah. it's like... This ain't right. Right. Like you forget think, yeah. what it's like not to feel good.
1: Right. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's so true. Some people are it's like,
0: so they'll just say, Well, oh, it's flu season because words matter. Right. It's flu season. Right. And I'm like, it's never flu season for me.
1: Mm-hmm. No, thank it's you. It's never.
0: So some people are just accustomed that they are predicting right. that potentially they will get sick. Right. I never predict and I never Mm-mm. assume it's never going to happen. Right. That's what I assume it will never happen. Same. Yeah. So for me. Absolutely. But your daughter was right. She is. I know. Doubt and unbelief. Yes. That's how those stinking allergies would come back yep, on me. I know. Yep. It's because I, I wasn't mm-hmm. on it last time. Gotta get. Got to be on it, man. Yep. So what happened was is, and we are going to do the podcast totally different. This is more like, I this is I. I told Tracy. I said this is a preemptive strike against what in my spirit. I think, and the Lord even, I feel like, gave me that verbiage. But it's a it's a preemptive strike to, um, I don't know if it's, uh, for our church, if it's for people that are watching. Um, I don't know if it's both, I don't know what, but, um, it's, it's funny because Heather didn't even know, and I'm going to blow the, the the water out of what she's planning, but it's weird because, um, when Heather and Tracy were talking just before the podcast, like two hours ago, um, Heather's message for Monday night, because she's preparing her message for Monday night for Ladies Hub, and guess what the name of it is? What's the name of it, Tracy? It's the
1: exact, like literally word for word. Why do we do what we do? It was at the top of her thing. It was the title of her message. And it's funny when she explained what it meant. It's like you guys are having the same thought, like overall thought and destination, but different. The way to get there. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It, but it all. Like, she
0: told me the same thing, yeah. and I'm like, it's different. Wild. Hers is different, but it's still the same. So I do
1: think it's probably for us. It has to be yeah.
0: to a certain extent right. for either certain people in our church yeah. or the church itself. Yeah. I don't know. But when she showed me that, I was like, confirmation that this is what the Holy Spirit wants. Mm-hmm. Because why would we both name mm-hmm. something the same? Now, it's, okay, me and Heather do think a lot alike. Yeah. But— yeah. Neither one of us talked, neither one of us knew, she had no idea. So um, I believe it, it, it's totally the Holy Spirit. And um, what I want to do is, why do we do what we do? We're looking at it from a family perspective to um, ministry. And we're going to use a lot of scripture, and um, I'm hoping by the time I'm done talking that people understand the magnitude of this topic, why you do what you do, why it matters. And in some cases, it can be a heaven and hell issue for you that you probably don't even realize that it is. And it's that serious because I think we focus on what's considered big sins And then we have the little sins. And the little sins, we don't even realize that they're a sin. Mm -hmm. Now, we are accountable for what we know and we don't know. But most of us in our spirit know what we're doing sometimes does not sit well with us. But our carnal nature defeats that conviction. And it feels so good. And it feels so right that we just move forward with it, even though we know. It's like... um innately we all know right from wrong but then we choose to do the wrong so that again scripture says we're responsible for the things that we know not for what we don't know but there are some things that innately we understand and know that it is wrong and yet we still do it you guys understand what i'm saying yeah. now what i want you guys to always and i didn't i I was meant to tell you guys this before the the podcast but everything's transparent here If I ask you, do you understand what I'm saying? Don't always say yes and don't always agree with me. If you don't agree with me or if you don't understand what I'm saying, I want you to say that does not make sense because the reason I am asking you is because sometimes when you're explaining something, it doesn't convey well to people. There's some confusion. And and the thing about me is sometimes when I, I understand what I'm trying to say, right? But other people are like, I'm lost, which can happen, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So I just want you guys to always say. Yeah. Now sometimes Tracy's working and Talia's working, so you're only half listening. <laughs> I get that. No. But I'm Vanessa's afraid. not, I'm and afraid. Vanessa's always listening. Yeah. Yeah. I know because I've seen you guys. Or Sarah's always listening. Right. right. So always say. Do not feel bad or you're going to embarrass me to say, I still don't understand what you're saying. Or, right. This part makes sense, but this part does not make sense. Yeah. So you need to clarify it or I don't agree with it because this is what I see in the word. Yeah. That's what this is all about. Because somebody, I promise you, is probably watching this that feels the same way you guys might. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. And if you say, yeah, I agree, then that just blew it out of the yeah. water for me right. to fix something. Right. That needed to be right. fixed. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. So- Sorry for that. No, it's good. We're going to move on, but that's... Yeah. yeah. I, so everybody understands what what I want. Okay. Got it. All right. We're going to go to scripture because there is eternal ramifications for certain things about what we're going to talk about. Some things, gray area, but it's like Paul said, even though it's permissible, should we do it? Right? So, so when we get into this, What I want to do is, I I think what the Holy Spirit wants to do is stop some things that are about to either occur, some wedges that are about to take place, some people who are in some positions that if they don't watch it, they will be removed from the position. Um, I think he's trying to guard people's hearts. I think he's also trying to uh, save some souls. Because people know right from wrong. They know sin from not sin. And if they continue in sin, it will cause an eternity for them that they were not planning on. Okay, And 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 I'm not serious because it is that big of a deal. Um, So I don't necessarily think it's, for me, it's a family issue. And it's a spiritual issue. Because like I said to Tracy, because I talked to Tracy about this. I, what day did I talk to you about this on Monday when I was, th- no, it was Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah, it
1: was Tuesday.
0: I spent Monday battling within myself. Am I right or am I wrong? And then, uh, and how I should do the podcast is I've never done a teaching yeah. as a podcast. I've always done questions as a podcast. I've never done teaching, right? No. No. no, mm-hmm. Right, okay. Yeah. No. I want to make sure it's I'm always right. had a question. Um, what did you say?
1: You've always had a question or a yeah. or somebody on.
0: That maybe it led to one I question think, being yeah. answered. Right, but, right, right. Okay. But it was a question. But, um, so um, I battled within myself. I talked to Tracy about it all, um, all the next, uh, yesterday afternoon. And she confirmed with me she felt it was right in her spirit. And so, but one of the things I said to her is, if people do certain things in their family structure... And then they enter into ministry. What is permissible in their family, they will introduce and infiltrate ministry with. Because here's the thing. If you're willing to do something in the most personal and the closest relationships that you have, then you'll definitely do it with people that you don't care about or they mean something minorly to you. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's absolutely. like the care that you have is usually for the care in the home. Yeah. And then, but really, it always should, it, 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 you know, I love what Andrew Womack says. Andrew Womack said that a lot of times families treat each other worse than they treat other people. Not in ministry, though. That's not true in ministry. A lot of times people take for granted Christians because they believe, like, Christians have to forgive me. they treat them any kind of way they'll say whatever they want to say they'll do whatever they want to do and it's all under the guise of forgiveness and mercy and grace that's not the that's not the way it is families I love it Andrew Womack says his brother got married and his wife so they they were having Andrew and his wife over for dinner and his brother's wife put out like this like mix-matched uh dinnerware and he's like who's coming to dinner and she's like well you're your brother and he's like you're putting out the china that's family they don't deserve this and that's how we should really be with our families they're the china we treat them with the highest of honor we love them a lot of times way we talk to our spouses or we to we talk to our children is we take them for granted and we talk to them any kind of way we feel like we want to because they have we're family. They just have to live with it. They have to deal with it. That's just the way life is. That's not, that is not true. And that's why we see families splintering off. That's why we see the divorce rate high. That's why we see families that argue, fuss, and fight, and there's very little peace in the home. It's because we don't honor, we don't treat them like China. Yeah. And that is the most precious relationships that you will ever have. And they're the only things, your children are the only things that you can take to heaven. So how they are treated and how they are loved and how they are disciplined should be all biblical. And if you do it the Bible's way, there is no way that they won't enter into heaven. Let's look at Romans one twenty eight through 33. A lot of what we're going to do is go from the New King James Version, and then some of it will be from uh, the Amplified, because the Amplified just kills it. Amplified is taking the words and using and translating them from the Greek into what that word really meant. That's the reason why sometimes you just got to go to the Amplified to understand exactly the breakdown of that scripture. It's It's a super easy way to do it. But this is New King James. It says, "'Even as they did like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do things which are not fitting.'" And I want you, when I'm reading this to you, I want you to evaluate yourself and say, is any of these things me? Okay? To do things that are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Okay, even if you're an adult and you don't honor your parents, that pertains to you. If you're a teenager and you are disobedient or you don't honor your parents, that's you. Undiscerning untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not eternal life, of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So not only do you do them, but you also approve of the people who do them, and they might be doing it with you. So, I'm going to go back up to the top. A lot of times people go, well, I'm righteous because I'm saved. So unrighteousness is not me. You're not sexually immoral because you're married or you abstain. That's the big sin, right? So you don't do that. Wickedness, you don't do that either. That's a big sin. Then you're not a murderer. You don't have evil-mindedness. You're not a hater of God. You're not a violent person. You don't have fits of rage. I eliminate this one, even though a lot of people don't consider it to be a part of this a proud person, a boaster. We're not going to focus on these, but that really pertains to a lot of people, especially to the people who are not willing to say, I'm sorry. If you can't say you're you're sorry to someone or you can't apologize, you're a proud person. Pride comes before destruction. Make sure that pride is removed from your life. A boaster. We know plenty of them, but hopefully you're not. And enter inventors of evil things, disobedient parents. Um, All of those things, people would consider, like, not necessarily big sin, but they wouldn't consider themselves to be doing that. What I'm going to focus on is, the ones that I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to focus on. People, um, you need to, to examine yourself on these ones that I'm about to hit, right? Covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, strife, deceit, whispering, backbiters. All of these things are very prevalent in Christian homes, very present in the body of Christ. And all of them are super damaging, and all of them have an eternal repercussion if you're not handling yourself and and doing things, spiritually speaking, the correct way. So let's let's break down those words really quick. So in the study notes, somebody who has a depraved mind, it's in time, sin distorts. uh, This is... This is the uh, part where it says, let's see. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. So a debased mind. And and then in the study Bible, it called it, um, in the NIV, it calls it a depraved mind. In time, sin distorts the ability to to discern good from evil and right from wrong. So over time, you do these things over time, you don't even realize that, it's right and wrong because it's become a habit. It's a part of your life. And then the other one uh, says, so that, they do ought not, so that they do what ought not to be done. That's another part of it, uh, that scripture. It, and that, that broken down says, what one thinks governs what one does. And I think that's profound mm-hmm. because what you think, you absolutely will do. If you have a conversation in your mind about something or someone over oh, a period of time, You will either act out. I'll give you an example. If you have ought against somebody, and when I mean ought, is when you have an offense or you are bothered by someone and something that you feel like they have either got over on you or they're able to do and you're not able to do or um, you're in an argument with them or you're offended by them or some way, somehow... This person has done you wrong or you feel like they have or they're getting treated better than you you are or whatever the case may be. Um, What happens is you have these conversations in your mind. Either you have a conversation to them about them or you have a conversation about them to someone, okay? And eventually, if you don't have the conversation with that person that's offended you, you'll either have that conversation with someone which is gossip, or you will treat this person not very nicely when you have either the next chance that you see them or over a period of time, you will respond to your flesh. So that's why that scripture is very good because it's what one thinks governs what one does. And it is, it's like a boat. It has, what's that governing? It's a governing, what's the a boat have on the back? It's a governor, right? Isn't that what it's called, a governor? Which steers the ship. You guys don't know? You guys huh? don't aren't, be, oh, aren't boat people? Neither am Aww. I. I don't know. There's a governor on something, and it steers. I feel like it's on a boat. Are you looking that up?
1: Yeah, but isn't a governor, like, prevent you from going over a certain speed?
0: Is that what it is? A governor prevents you? What's the thingy that...
1: How do you, how do you turn a boat? <laughs> the, steering basics. the stern?
0: The stern? Is it The stern? That drives the ship? Well, then my example's right out the rear, flies right out the window. Turning the tiller? Steering wheel? Someone said rudder. It's, rudder? Rudder. Thank you, guys. Maybe it's the rudder. Whoever said rudder, hats off to you. So that blows my theory right out the window. Okay. But it's still the same thing. It does, still says the same thing. What one thinks governs what one does. And it will. Yeah. There's... The body of Christ and people walk in so much offense. It's ridiculous. I'm gonna try and be so Holy Spirit led with this, but um let's keep going. Second Corinthians ten, five. This is where the scriptures save us from ourselves. And so that so that um let me see what that scripture was. Romans one eight. 1, 28 through 33, if we do what I'm about to, the scriptures that I'm about to tell you, um, you don't have to worry about Romans one twenty-eight through 33, okay? There's warnings, and then there's um, laws, and I don't mean laws or rules like this. It's boundaries and protection that God gives to us. If you do these things, then you don't have to worry about that happening, Right? 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, and this is New King James Version, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So if it doesn't go along with what God's word says, then you're to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. If it does not, if what you think or how you behave goes against what the word of God says, then you're to take it and you're to take it captive. You're not to allow, um, like, um, when you do start having a conversation in your head that you know is not going to benefit you, it will perpetuate the offense of someone, then you take that thought captive so that eventually you won't even think about that person anymore and when you do think about them, it won't be a thought in your head about, like, what they did to you or how you feel about them. Um, I had a really good uh, example while I was saying that in my in my head, but uh, it just escaped me. Um, you can't harbor ill will towards somebody if... It's like uh, Isaiah, what is it, 26.3. It says, A man will be in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusteth in thee. If your mind constantly stays on the Lord, then how can you allow someone else to infiltrate your thoughts and cause you ill will and offense towards them because your mind's on him? And if your mind's on him, none of that exists. Satan would love to like just pull us out of, of the spiritual realm put us in his realm so that there's always anger, bitterness, contention, strife, dissension. And that's how he divides the family. That's how he divides the body of Christ. That's how church splits have happened. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons why like Tom is very careful. He senses one thing going on that might cause dissension and strife within a certain group or within the body. He nips it in the bud immediately. That's what a good shepherd does. Mm-hmm. He protects his flock. A lot of times pastors won't do that because he's a, they're afraid that if they go into that situation and you don't let people work it out amongst themselves, then somebody's going to leave because they get mad. Let them leave. Because cancer starts when you allow things to grow and fester. And as a shepherd, you're to take care of things. It's like a good parent. A good parent doesn't let their children continue to argue and bicker and moan and groan. A good parent goes in and says, okay, let's mediate this. Let's fix this because we're a family, we're a family union, and there's not going to be any anger between the two of you. We're going to fix it. Um, So um, if you look at, I'm going to pass all that, Um, covetousness. Let's look at covetousness. And I want you to think. You a lot of people go. Well, I'm not any of these things, so this just really doesn't pertain to me. And I would say to you, are you are you sure about that? Because I like think a lot of times think of themselves more highly than they should. Isn't that a scripture? Don't think of yourself more highly than you want. I think people do, and they look at somebody else and they go, oh, they need to fix that. But they never look in the mirror and say. Mm, I need to fix that. It's like a husband and wife who fight and have an argument. And the wife goes into the Lord and says, you need to change him. And the whole time the Lord is screaming at her going, no, you need to change you. Mm -hmm. And as I change you, I will change him. It's not all. It's not always one person. It's always usually both people who need some fixing, maybe one more than the other. But if you focus less on the other person being fixed and focus more on you being fixed, you end up being less angry at the other person because you're more focused on you. Correct? I mean, it's so true. Absolutely. Like, the less you th- yeah. you, your eyes are on somebody else and the more you f- think okay. about yourself, then you're like, I got a lot of work to do on myself. Yeah. So I better, like, just worry not about him right. or her or whatever, worry about myself. Yeah. Covetousness is an insatiable desire for worldly gain. And in a world where everybody wants what somebody else has, or always um, thinking that, why, do, why is that working out for them and it doesn't work out for me? Why do they have that and I don't have that? You think, some of you are watching, who in the heck would think like that? Oh, lots of people do. <laughs> A lot of people do. That aren't even in the world. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. Um, covetousness is an insatiable desire to find fulfillment, meaning, and purpose in things instead of God. The spirit of covetousness leads to and is the mother of many other sins. And it is true. You start coveting things, it will lead you to other sins, not just that one. Maliciousness, the state of feeling of being being actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. How many people are malicious when they feel like they've been done wrong? So they're going to go for the jugular. You did that to me, I'm going to do this to you. All the time. Families deal with this all the time. How many times have you ever seen a family where two family members aren't even speaking to each other? And it's been years. It's been years. And then they go to other family members and tell all the family members about what the person did that they're not mm-hmm. speaking to, and they cause a riff. That's maliciousness. Mm-hmm. You do this to me, I'm gonna do this to you, and then it's back and forth and back and forth and until now. No family is talking to each other. There, you know, the parents are going, "What the heck? Like, what's going on here? Like, how is it that, you know, this cousin's mad at this cousin, and now my kid is pulled into this, and now my other kid's pulled into this, and the other... it happens. I'm no, I'm telling you, like, I've known of families that have major rifts with them with each other. And there is no communication. And if there is communication, like holidays suck. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It happens in church. I mean, churches will literally lose families no longer, att- no longer attending because they get mad at other families in the church. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very sad. Yeah. Uh, full of envy. This, is, this one's a big one right here. Sin of jealousy over the blessings and achievements of others, especially the spiritual enjoyment and advance of the kingdom of Christ, freely and graciously bestowed upon the people of God. I'm gonna give you a great example here of someone that I was gonna wait till later. I'm gonna give you a great example of somebody that conveys this. If have you ever like now Vanessa has been, but if you've ever been a part of a worship team. (laughs) of <laughs> this one right here. Or if you've ever been a pastor and you're like not the lead pastor, you're un- maybe an associate pastor or whatever. This one right here applies big time. And, it's- and Vanessa, you can add to it if you want. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a great example. Some of you know this person and some people you don't know. Uh, Aaron's wife, Naz is one of the most, how do I say this? Uh, she's spiritually, I'm not saying she's got it going on spiritually on all levels. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. She's got this one big time. But I will tell you, um, there ain't very many people that are like her, and there ain't very many people that I know of, spiritually speaking, that are ahead of her. So... Again, not a perfect individual, but, I mean, you guys can tell me, Mm -hmm. right, I'm going to put the peanut gallery on right now. When I say Naz, do you guys spiritually, like, on a spiritual level, she hits it out of the park almost every single time something comes against her Mm -hmm. or um, someone comes Mm -hmm. against her or when she's faced with sin or not sinning, like... The girl makes the right decisions and she handles almost everything. She works for you, Tracy. Yeah. Like, yeah. she handles things spiritually virtually every single time. Yeah. Correctly. Yeah. With the right motives, mm-hmm. godly motives, yeah. not selfish. Like, right. I'm going to treat you nicely because mo- it motivates me because I benefit from it. That's right. not how she operates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always because this is what honors God. Yeah. This is what God would prefer me to be like and yep. how I shall handle this. Correct.
1: hundred percent.
0: Because I'm going to give an example and you guys can stay on for this if you want. Because okay. Vanessa would know being Vanessa's been, I've been on a worship team for, I was on worship team for many years. Vanessa's been on a worship team many years. Naz was on our worship team mm-hmm. for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Prior to being in this building, Naz was on our worship team, like mm-hmm. right out of high school. So she's been with us for a long time, just like Aaron. They met here at this church. Um, so I remember when Naz first started the church and she got on the worship team, Tom literally heard her out in the congregation and was like, who is that angelic voice? Because she's got a very beautiful voice. But we actually had at the time one of her girlfriends that was on the worship team who was like... Off the charts. Phenomenal, girl. Phenomenal. And so what that required Naz to do is, instead of getting to seeing uh, lead songs, being somebody who got to do leads, that made her do backup. Never once, never once, did Naz moan complain that she wasn't getting a lead song, Um, why is this happening for somebody else, but it isn't happening for me? Mm -hmm. Um, It's like sometimes you'll have people who play instruments and they'll be like, why can't anybody hear me? Like, (laughs) we're all supposed to blend. It's not really all about you. (laughs) It's about blending. If you know anything about bands or worship teams, it's the biggest egos on the face of the earth. Why doesn't anybody ever tell me I sing good? I'm not kidding you. You think that that doesn't happen. Vanessa, does it not happen?
1: Yes. However, I've not experienced that.
0: Well, because you would never say that. (laughs) I have. I've heard. I've heard. I've literally heard people on our, not necessarily this particular one, but I have heard in the past from Foundation Church people who are on the worship team say, I wish people would compliment me or why doesn't anybody ever come up and tell me that I sang that song good? Or I wish people would tell me how good I sing or whatever. Like, what's the reason? Why do you do what you do? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Why do you do what you do? And here's the thing. I will tell you, I sense things in my spirit. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I feel, whether it's worship team, whether it's uh, hub leaders, whether it's just the general public that attend this church, if I sense in any way, shape, or form, there's that spirit Mm -hmm. of why not me, I try and nip it in the bud as fast as I possibly can because it's a cancer. It's a cancer. Mm -hmm. I obviously try and do it very diplomatically, but I know it in my spirit, Mm -hmm. the spirit behind. And here's another thing that I think is so funny is when people, I will get to that later, but... What I was gonna say about Naz is Naz never in a million years would say, Why is she always getting the lead song? Mm-hmm. She would have never. You know what Naz was like? I'm just so grateful that God is using me in my gift. Yeah. And if people knew, actually, Naz is probably outside of Aaron, she is the most skilled and really should be singing. Mm-hmm. But because we need her in another place, she doesn't get to, which she would rather be singing, because that's really her heart and her passion. You don't hear her say a daggum word, like "I wish I wasn't back here doing the, the doing the
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, what do you call that podcast, Broadcast. Broadcast. the broadcasting." Yeah, the but it's she's the one putting out the like the mixer, audio. the mixer. Thank, thank you. you. I'm so she smart. She would rather be singing. <laughs> that's really her heart's and, and desire. <laughs> she would never say it because she, what why she does what she does is unto him. It is all about kingdom-mindedness and what does God want me to do. And if yeah. God wants me to just be sitting here doing this mixture and it helps the kingdom, then that's what I'm going to do because it's not about me. And she would have been happy to sing background for the rest of her life <coughs> and not get a lead song because that's she was just willing to do what God had had her do. But that's where envy... And I, and I see people and in families, envy can kill. And we'll get into that a little bit. But envy in a family uh, dynamic is like keeping up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. You're looking at other family members and you're going, why do they have that? I know how much they make. How can they afford that? Mm-hmm. None of your business. It's none of your business. Yep. Why do you care? Mm-hmm. Are you envious? Strife. Uh, strife means conflict, antagonism, quarrel, struggle, clash, competition, big time, disagreement, opposition, fight. Is any of that you? It's not good if it is. They are whisperers. What's a whisperer? The whisperer is the gossip. The Hebrew Hebrew word means one who gossip gossips, but does so by murmuring and complaining. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Sometimes people think that I'm not really gossiping uh, because you're not really talking about somebody, Mm -hmm. but you're complaining about what you don't have and you're murmuring and groaning about what you don't get or what somebody else is getting or like why you're not treated this way. And like family dynamics, like if a kid feels like one kid is more favored than the other, first of all. There should be no favorites. I know we tease and we make fun of that in this, in, in this podcast. There should never be a favorite. All you're doing is causing contention and strife among siblings. And there will be murmuring, complaining, and you are perpetuating whispering when you do that. It's just like letting a child throw itself on the ground when they are two years old or younger, and then they grow up throwing a tantrum. What do you think that that tantrum breeds? Mm-hmm. Fits of rage. We do not enable our children to sin or to begin planting a seed to sin. When we have favorites, we create the ability for murmuring and strife and complaining, which ends up being gossip. No one should ever feel like they are lesser than anyone else in the family dynamic. I'm not serious about it. It's not good. It is not good. And you think it's cute. It's not cute. It's not cute at all. It's not funny. It will come back. And the damage and the hurt that is caused by it is not good. Even if daddy over here has a favorite and mommy over here has a favorite. If you have three kids, what happens to the one that's out? If you only have two kids, then it's they can put each other against each other or mom and dad end up pitting each other against each other because if dad doesn't treat your little favorite the right way, then you kind of get resentful of him. Vice versa. Do you know what I'm saying? Does yeah, that make sense? Absolutely. Because I've seen it. Yeah. People are like, no, that doesn't happen. Yes, it does. Enter into <laughs> ministry for 20 years, Yeah, and I promise you, yeah. it's way more than you think it is. Whispering and complaining. So if you are breeding that in your home or in the body of Christ, it's very, very dangerous. And sometimes what you think is favoritism in the body of Christ you don't know what you think you know. I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, I thought you were so wrong about how you were doing something or how your decisions on things. I thought you were so wrong, and I didn't agree with them. Until they find out the whole story, or and it isn't even from us. It's from somebody or something else. They find out the whole story, and they were like, oh, my gosh. You weren't wrong. So what you think you know and what you do know you know are two different things. Even our staff. Even our staff uh, has questioned amongst themselves questions, decisions Tom and I have made. And Tom and I don't even tell them. Like, you can question all you want to, but I'm not going to gossip to you so that you understand why the decision that was made was made. Because Tom and I are very tight-lipped. We do not breed it in our staff, and we do not breed it in the congregation. So there have been times that staff members question why we do what we do. Board members have questioned why we do Until they find out the whole story, for whatever reason, it has to be disclosed. And sometimes it's never disclosed. Um, But there are sometimes it's like there's no other choice. You have to. Or they find out another way, and they're like, yeah, I now understand why you did what you did. Holy mackerel. Like So what you think you know and what you do know, even in families, people are always outside judging other families. You don't live in that home. You don't know what's going on in that home. And until you do, you don't know. So you just might as well mind your business. There's something about it. Uh, the Bible is, is very clear that we are not to be busybodies. The next one is backbiters talking malicious about someone who has who is not present. To backbite is to gossip about someone behind his or her back. Lots of people, guys. There are so many gossips. You know, Tom says that he doesn't know why uh, why uh, women will go to hell. He knows why men, because of lust. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I know why women will go to hell: mm-hmm. gossip mm-hmm. and loneliness. Mm-hmm. Because l- women who are lonely will do things they will sell themselves short and be with men and give themselves to men, be used up, spit out all for the sake of not being lonely. it's not lust for them for the man it is for the woman it's just so they can have someone to be a companion with yeah. and they'll and they'll sell themselves short for that and then, but but then there's the gossip. women gossip more than men do too, but women by nature. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Proverbs 1628, New King James says, a perverse man sows strife. I don't really, I, I'm not kidding you. I want people who are listening to this right now to quit thinking of, oh, I know somebody like that. And I want you to seriously say, am I like this? Is this me? And point the finger back at you instead of pointing at someone else that, you know, I know somebody like that. Are you like that? Because if you're quick to make that statement about someone else, the odds are you need to be pointing that finger back at yourself. A perverse man sows strife. A whisperer, there you go. There's that word again. A whisperer separates the best of friends. Um, If you are a whisperer, then you are a perverse man. And I'm going to tell you this, and I know this firsthand, and I know it very well. If you think that you can talk to someone, as you might think that you, are the, you have the most righteous reason to tell somebody about something that you have an issue with in your family um, or in, in ministry, are in the church, maybe you're not in ministry, but you attend the church and you feel like you have the most right you have the most righteous reason to talk about something with somebody, um, I just want you to know, I hope it's worth it to you, because in the end, not only will you not be friends with the one that you're talking about or the leadership you will not and you want to climb up in leadership, you're not gonna be in leadership because God won't allow that. And if he does, it'll be very, very brief because Truth is revealed about things. Um, And the one that you're talking with, that you're so close with, and you have, like, um, something that you both agree upon righteously that's been done to you wrongly or whatever the case may be, um, just know that you won't be friends with them very long. Um, And I know this for a fact because I've lost friends And there's one that I think of that I was extremely dear friends with that I would confide in about things that were not done right to Tom and I um, in ministry. And I'd be like, I just can't. And I thought I was so righteous in talking about these things. I am no longer friends with that person. Everything that I talked about and then everything that I confided in was was ended up coming back against me. Um, Not that the person used it against me, but it came back against me. And trust is destroyed because when you're willing to talk about other people with someone, then they think that you're going to talk about them with others. It's true. And then your criticalness of others will turn on them because you can't be critical. And not think that it stops with just this person. Husbands and wives who are very critical about others will eventually become very critical of each other. It doesn't end. Just because you're a confidant at that moment doesn't mean that you won't turn on one another. You will eventually. Because eventually you'll ostracize yourself from so many people because you're so critical of everyone that now all you have is each other and even you two will turn on one another because you've got a critical eye. The word is very critical. I mean, very, um, uh, the word is very clear about being a critical person. Um, even sometimes constructive criticism. You can have a lot of constructive criticism for people, but maybe you need to, like, be Pick and choose your constructive criticism because eventually it's no longer like that. It's like everything is nitpicked to death, right? Um, I was going to say something about that. Oh, and the other thing I was I mentioned and I, it was in the top of my head when I and when I brought this up to, subject up. It's so funny, and you guys put yourselves on. It's so funny when you know when people are talking, mm. and Vanessa might understand this because she's been in ministry. And if you have a big family, you definitely know this because I've experienced it with both family and in ministry. You always know when people are talking. And how do you think you always know when people are talking? What, makes you th- what would make you think that? Let me just, I'll just say it. Okay. You always know when people are talking because they always use the same terminology. Okay. They always yeah. have the same mantra, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time he it. yes yeah. yep. every single time a family member has gossiped with someone else it's mm-hmm. it's it got it, God is so good mm-hmm. because you know they have been because one or two or more will repeat the same thing that they've been sharing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's and even in the church body if you have been gossiping with other people, you and the person you're gossiping or people you're gossiping with use the same terminologies. That's good. They may, they phrase the sentence extremely close, but they'll use certain words that are specifically the same. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that and it calls sense. you out, Yeah. which is not good because now, especially with me, because I find out everything. <laughs> people tell me everything because the reason why is a lot of times the Bible tells you if You have aught against someone, you go to them. So what will happen is, is people will say, I heard this about this church, or I heard this about you, or I heard this about this situation. Mm -hmm. And I want to know. I'm coming to the source. Is this true? Mm -hmm. I find out everything. (laughs) And -hmm. a lot of times, no one knows that I know that they've been running their mouths. Mm -hmm. And all God does is show me who they are who they're gossiping with. Yeah. And I w- they won't even know that I know. Yeah. And it's people who have positions in this church. Yeah. They don't even know that I know that they're they've gossiped or they're gossiping or they've said things. I let's just let it play out. Yeah. And let God do his work. Sometimes Amen. it plays out and it's totally fine and then other times it doesn't work out so well. Right. But God is always faithful and I just shut my mouth. Mhm. I let God handle it, mm-hmm. and it always does. But yeah, in this church, it happens. In other churches, it happens. Have you not seen it, Vanessa, in ministry? Oh, absolutely. But what else in your family? It's happened yeah. to me yeah. with family yeah. Yeah. more times than I would care to, mm-hmm. not with my personal like siblings, and but it's happened outside of that, mm-hmm. like cousins, aunts, uncles, yeah. grandparents, mm-hmm. things like that. Right. And it's always the same thing. Yeah. It's not good. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says, These six things the Lord hates. Indeed, seven are repulsive to him. So let's think about that word repulsive as I read them to you. Because that's that's a very strong... People think God. People think Jesus. People think the Holy Spirit. Ooey gooey mushy. You know, like there is no... There's no like sternness. It's only kindness. That's not the truth. There's six things the Lord hates. Indeed, seven are repulsive to him. A proud look, which is the attitude that makes one overestimate oneself and discount others. That's powerful. A proud look, which means your attitude makes you think that you overestimate who you are and discount the others that maybe are better than you. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that creates wicked plans, feet that run swiftly to evil. Are any of these you? If any of these things are you, just so you know, God hates them and he finds them repulsive. A false witness who breathes out lies, even half truce. How many times have you heard people like for dramatic effect over exaggerated a situation to, to make their point more like mm-hmm. valid? All you did is invalidate your... If you can't tell the truth about that situation and you have to over-exaggerate it, it means that the odds are it's not as bad as you're making out to be. Mm -hmm. And your word and your truth are null and void. They mean nothing. But most people, for effect, they over-exaggerate. And this happens in families all the time. If someone in the family does someone wrong or says something slightly out of line... Then it's made way worse. Maybe it has more, um, like, um, like if somebody says, "I hate that," I hate that. You know, there's more like oomph behind it. Tell the truth as it is, always. Otherwise, you're a false witness and one who spreads discord, which is rumors among brothers. The the word is so full about being a liar, being a gossip, being um, uh, envious and covetous, all of these things, there's, there's reasons why. It's because a lot of times people don't think that those things mean anything or they're that important. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a homosexual. Um, I'm not cheating. Um, I'm not stealing. So, But are you lying? Are you a- gossiping? And a lot of times gossiping, there is lying in the gossip. And so are you envious? All of these cause um, all of these cause, uh, you to either compromise or sin. And once you start a habit and a lifestyle of these things in your life, it is as serious as heaven and hell. And for me, if I can snatch people out of the flames in the pit of hell by making you just... You know, it's, it's very clear. A wise man is slow to speak is what it says. If we can all learn to be wise and just shut our mouths before we say a daggum word, we'll save ourselves from a lot of things, including hell. Um, let me move on. So I'm going to move through the family dynamic really quick and just give you a couple examples. I'm over time. Do people mind if I keep going?
1: I'll ask them. Do you guys mind?
0: I'm going to keep going. I probably have another 10 minutes. Yeah, let's do this. And I'm going to go. And people will just get off if they want to get off. Okay? And they can hashtag replay. How many of you you guys have ever known mothers and daughters who gossip? Yeah. It's famous. Mm -hmm. Mother and daughters who gossip. And then a lot of times the mother and daughter gossip, and then they... Gossip about, about di- different family members. I One of the things that I love about my family is no gossip allowed. Yeah. My mom, my siblings, and like my sister. Uh, one of my things my sister does before we eat breakfast, if we go out to breakfast or whatever, one of the things that she always says in the, her prayer is guard our tongues. Mm, that's mm-hmm. good. Guard our tongues. So we're, that we're careful about the words that we say yeah. while we're meeting together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so it sets the tone before we get started. Uh, My mom and I vowed, because I will not let a wedge go between me and my mother. We do not talk about my siblings in a negative or ill way. My sister and I do not talk about our siblings in an ill way. Um, And those are the ones that I talk to the most. But none of us, if you allow that, it will divide. And for me, those relationships are the most precious Family is the most precious, but a lot of times moms and daughters will sit and gossip about anywhere from aunts, uncles, and cousins, and then about extended family beyond that because there's such a great, strong relationship. Usually the dads don't really get involved in it. Yeah. Um, it's dangerous, ladies. If you don't want a close relationship with your mom, gossip. Uh, grandmas, I see this too. Grandmas who talk about every single stinking family member because they got nothing to do with their <laughs> time. If they can't control them, like the matriarchs, if they can't control them or guilt them, then what they do is they talk about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what you need to do? You need to find a hobby or you need to find volunteer work. Yeah, Keep yourself busy. Yep. It's heaven and hell. See that a lot with older women yep. mm-hmm. or they're gossiping about their friends. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's not good. Or you gossip about your family to your friends. <laughs> there you go. Older women gossip all the time because they, like, they don't have a job anymore. Mm-hmm. So their job is yap, yap, yap. Close it. It does not help you or anyone else. And it might be as serious as heaven and hell. Don't be a busybody. The word is clear about being a busybody. We're told not to be it. And most of the time, it's because you're spiritually bored. And, you know, the thing is, is uh, gossip feeds the flesh. It's like drama. It's like, um, what's that? It's like when you, um, when you work out. It's not, isn't it endorphin? Is that what yeah. that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Endorphin. So when you're gossiping, it's like yeah. it's energizing you. Right. The problem is, is drug. it's like a drug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time it's all said and done, there's a yuck factor afterwards. Right. And you can't get that back. Right. Right. And um it's super super carnal. Super carnal. If you're in a family and there's somebody in your family that is well off and you're not well off and they go on trips all the time and they're getting the next newest car and they have the next greatest gadget and you don't be happy for them. Mm-hmm. Be happy for them. If they're not saved, that's my that's my honey leaving. <laughs> if they're not saved, pray for their salvation. And then that, that financially they continue to increase in, in, in their um, finances so that they can give it to the kingdom and more things can be done for the kingdom. Correct? It's all about mindset. Um, if you have a family member that's financially the same place you are, but they keep buying things, they keep getting things, and they're a believer, don't be jealous of them. And don't be keeping up with the Joneses. Maybe you need to find out what they're doing. Maybe they don't, they speak correctly over their finances. Maybe they tithe and you don't. Maybe you need to figure out what they're doing so maybe that you can reap the same rewards and the benefits they are instead of being uh, offended and, and envious of what they have and you're coveting their lifestyle. All of this is dangerous and it will cause a wedge between you and those families or that family. Um, let's see. Next scripture we're going to go to is James 3.16. For envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So if you think that you can escape being envious and self-seeking and it cause no problems, you are sorely mistaken because James is telling you otherwise. There is evil in the midst of it. James 3.16 Amplified is even better because it says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder unrest, rebellion, and every evil thing and morally degrading practice. Let that not be us. So if you act like this in your home, I can promise you that you will act like this in ministry. It's going to happen. If you um, sit there and lambast with your husband, family members behind their back, don't think that you're not going to come into the church and do that to the leadership, Mm -hmm. do that to volunteers, volunteers, Uh, Do that to somebody you do ministry alongside of. Um, Envy what they might have. Maybe they're climbing the ladder quicker than you are for whatever reason in ministry and you're jealous of that. Um, Or even you sit in the pew and there's somebody next to you that you are envious of for whatever reason. Um, Have you ever known, like one of the things that I do not get and I'm going to hit this really quick, and it's not just something that um, came to my mind. We don't really battle this too much at this church, but have you ever noticed how um, there's always people who want to always be friends with the pastor? Mm-hmm. Yes. Or the pastor's wife or whatever. Yes. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have. Uh, all the churches I've ever gone to, we really don't deal with that very much at this church. Part of it is because Tom pretty much puts out the vibe of Mom, I'm going to be friends with no one. <laughs> right. Second of all, the other reason is, is he's so transparent that people really don't find it to be like that big of a deal to even be friends with him. Whereas most pastors puff themselves up and make it be like, it's the cool factor yeah. for yeah. you to know them. Yeah, We could give a rip about any of that stuff. But if you are a person that are watching this and you don't attend this church, or maybe you do, but I just don't know that you're, you're like this. Um, if you're always like... Making sure that everyone knows that you're friends with the pastor or that you do this for the pastor or you've done that for them or whatever. Dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's very dangerous. All you're doing is trying to stir up envy and strife mm-hmm. and make people want what you think you have. God will take that from you. Mm-hmm. Be very careful about that. Um, let's see. Uh, I will hit one subject that is going to be very touchy. And it's only touchy because it's been in this church before. People who work, this is a big offense, and this is where gossip and strife uh, come into play. People who work, and Tom and I hate this, when people work with each other that, like, Tracy's, like, has hired half the church for her, for her business. <laughs> That's, Her and Jer true have a company called Leak Hero, which is they go into homes and they find leaks in people's homes, so that they can then they've just started another business, so that they can then restore the uh, property back to what it was prior to the leak. Right, so they go in, they find the leak, and then they in turn fix the fix whatever the leak cost. Correct. Am no. I right about
1: that? Um, no. Close, though. So right Please now, yeah, right now we just find the leaks. We s- we'll spot them, and then a plumber will come back in and change it. And then eventually, if there was like a flood, we would come and dry it out. So that's like the next step. But right now, we just find leaks. We'll
0: okay. So I was right that you actually, what you do, though. We find leaks. But yeah, you are don't, starting that company. Not, okay, so you don't have that scummy. Not so fixing just them, just them yet. So you can start. keep yourself on. So, okay. so Tracy and Jared took it upon themselves to hire half the church. We did. And the reason they did that is because you are going into people's homes and yeah. you need people of integrity and character aren't going to steal, right. aren't going to like make up a reason for the leak and charge more, True, a variable amount of reasons why they chose to hire Christians. I'm going to give you an example for them. Not that this has happened because this has happened, hasn't happened. But what happens is say that they have to fire somebody, Right. Or a relationship with somebody in the church ends on a bad note, which it hasn't ever. Mm-mm. Nothing with you guys has ever done it. Yeah. But Tom and I hate when people hire people in the church. you know why? Because inevitably, it's like a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. It's going to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it doesn't end well, right. which a lot of times it doesn't, someone's going to leave the church or all parties are gonna leave the church. Yeah. Or everyone's gonna be offended. Or one side's gonna be offended. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Yeah. It's yeah. not good. If you can't be a mature person mm-hmm. and get enter into a relationship, a working relationship with somebody who owns a company, or you're both working for a company that doesn't isn't owned by somebody in this church, but both of you work for a company that hired both of you, and then somehow there's strife between each of you or whatever, and one quits or whatever. If you can't handle that maturely, Mm -hmm. spiritually speaking, Mm -hmm. don't take the job. Don't do it. Or don't work together. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's not good because what you will do is breed offense, anger, animosity, and strife within the body of Christ. Right. We don't need it. Amen. (laughs) We don't want it. Amen. Amen. So don't do it. Yeah. Very rarely, and I'm thinking of just a few families, but very rarely has it ever happened where people can work together mm-hmm. and all the parties stay at the church. Yeah. But not all the time does all the parties stay at the church and conduct themselves in a spiritually correct way. Right. Yeah. So make sure. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to do is eliminate any potential yeah. for gossip, envy, and strife. So let me go on to this. Let me do this. I'm going to give you a couple more examples. One of them is going to be Tracy. Hmm. Well, the other one is my friend, Pastor Clover. She was on this podcast. So for people who are in ministry, you want to know how to handle yourself correctly? Pastor Clover is perfect. They, her and her husband started this church. They left the River Church where they were pastors doing great there. God called them out into starting their own church. They moved down to Fort Myers, knew not a single solitary soul. They've gone from having in just two years to having one service to now two service and they're packed out. Now they're doing great. Yeah, But there are other pastors that left right around the same time as them that are either doing equally or better. And some of them aren't doing, you know, not that numbers matter. They do matter though, because it's just like Tracy said, uh, if you have a healthy ministry, growth is supposed to happen. Right. Like. Yeah. Which I thought was a phenomenal way to phrase growth. But something healthy should grow. Right. And truthfully, isn't that what it's all about? Yes. Like Jesus, 100%. Like, like when he died, they grew in numbers. Right. 5,000. Right. Like you're not like supposed to. Yeah. I don't understand that. Right. There are churches that Vanessa has experienced where they didn't want growth. They wanted to keep it small. Biblically, you are completely wrong. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to grow, and with that growth, not always does grow not not always is growth easy, mm-hmm. because you have to find your way through it. We've right. experienced this at yeah. the church. We grew very quickly. Uh, River um, Tampa Bay mm-hmm. and Revival Today have both said growth when the growth happened exponentially. Mm-hmm they had to find their way through it and sometimes they made things did things right sometimes they did things wrong but you got to figure it out nobody's going to hit it out of the park every single time so but but the thing is is growth is supposed to happen absolutely and we should not despise growth we Mm -hmm. should not not like it at all so they've grown Mm -hmm. and um But they haven't grown necessarily as much as some other ministries. And what does Pastor Clover do? Every time somebody succeeds, she is cheering them on, even though they may have surpassed her. Pastor Rodney is famous for this. Mm -hmm. Pastor Rodney is famous for not only helping propel you to grow, but then if you start growing past him, he financially supports you. And getting bigger and better, even if it's beyond him. Yeah. He will help you go past him. Isn't that the way we're supposed to be? Or yes. should we just people who pass us and we've helped them get to the level they are? Come on. Like, why are they passing me up? Uh, you should be happy. Come on. Yep. You have a part in that. Yeah, That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing. And that's what I love about Pastor Clover. It's even though somebody is doing better than her, she doesn't resent them for it. She applauds them for it. And then she supports them in that. And really, that's the way we're supposed to be. It shouldn't really be. Again, it goes back to why do we do what we do? Yeah. Are we doing it for him? Are we doing it for ourselves? Yeah, right. that's good. It's the seed that's been planted. Is it a good seed? Or is it a seed that's very motivational and motivated by self? Right. And that's truly important. Did you do you do what you do because it's really about you? Or are we about the kingdom? Come on. That's good, Tracy. I'm going to leave. Tracy's like one of the best people oh. I know, and I don't mean that. I I mean that sincerely. Um, I'm going to close out with this, and I and I truly and I'm not kidding when I, <coughs> I'm going to get choked up. I'm not kidding you when I'm going to tell you. I'm. It's going to probably be hard for me not. To to, to have a tear or two. Um, because I'm not kidding you. She's probably one of the best people I know. And the reason why she's one of the best people I know is because I'm not saying that she's done everything perfect. And I think she would tell you she hasn't done everything perfect. I haven't. <laughs> but when she doesn't do things perfect and you correct her, The heart behind which she receives the correction, whether you correct correctly. Because sometimes when you correct people, you're not in, you're carnal in how you correct. But how someone receives the correction, they can either be as carnal as you, or they can do it the way Christ would expect you to receive it. And every single time, Tracy receives it correctly. Every single time. There are things that Tracy would probably love to be doing besides what she's doing in ministry. Like, there are levels that she's probably very capable of going. But again, like Naz, she's good in her place. And when God's ready to move her up, she'll take that on. And she'll move up, and she'll probably keep doing what she's doing because she loves it, and she does it for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yep. She loves her husband, as Christ loves the church. Now, listen, I'm not saying she does everything right in that relationship, but even that, the heart behind which she does that is oftentimes extremely correct. Why do we do what we do? And when we do it, is it about him or is it about us? And I can tell you, the people that I mentioned, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt almost every single thing that they do is kingdom-minded and kingdom-responded. From Naz, to Pastor Clover, to Pastor Rodney, to Tracy. And if you look at all four of these lives, and you look at what God is accomplishing through all four of these lives, you can't deny that the anointing that they have on them is extremely powerful and ones that people look at and they say they're different. I can't tell you how many times people have told me Naz is like, Mm -hmm. like they can't even like pinch me. Does that really exist? Is that kind of person really, it really exists. Mm -hmm. The only reason it exists is because she chooses to walk in the spirit man, not in the flesh man. Yep. And, um, That's a powerful thing. When we walk in our carnal nature more than we walk in our spirit man, we ruin our anointing. We don't allow God to do the things that he wants to do through us, and we hold ourselves back from being the family member that people need to see Christ radiating through. He is the light. You have the potential to win every single person in your family. You will either split a family apart, whether you realize it or not, Or you will be the thing that says, I don't want anything to do with Christianity if that's what it looks like. Or you can be the light. You can walk anointing and empower. And when a family member is sick in the hospital, you're the one that they call and say, we need you to come lay hands on this person. Or when there's a family situation where there's maybe a a husband and a wife splitting up, it's a cousin or something, they call you in because you can be the mediator because you can speak godly wisdom into that relationship. And in the presence of the, of the body of Christ, either you can be the wedge or you can be the glue. You can bring your gifts and your talents to God and you not be seen and he be seen. Or it can be all about you and what you feel like people should see, hear, receive, like you've got it going on. What you got to realize is maybe you don't got it going on. Maybe it's all about you and it's not really about him. And if you are like that, you will be, if you ever are used in ministry, you will be very limited to ministry. And that is a dangerous thing. So before we close out, I really want you, we're going to play this song. And at the end of the day, why do we do what we do? Is our eyes focused on him? I have listen to this song. I I can't tell you how many times I've listened to this song. And the reason I I listen to it is because it reminds me of who he is, why I'm allowed to do what I'm allowed to do, and for me to keep things into perspective. Because at the end of the day, it's all about anointing and power. And if you have no anointing and no power, what's the point? There is no point. So... We're going to pray a prayer um, and then we're going to play this and then we're going to close out. You can stay on and listen or you can just shut off. But I would encourage you to stay on because and allow the Holy Spirit to really penetrate, (coughs) penetrate your heart to reveal to you some things maybe you need revealed and maybe just to love on you. So Heavenly Father, we come to you right now and Father, I thank you for the opportunity to teach this, to speak on this, to bring revelation knowledge. I believe that you gave it to me, and I believe it's for every voice that's going to hear this message so that relationships can be healed, ministries can grow, um, situations can be resolved, a life of offense can be removed, um, healing can begin, envy and strife will be no longer people to be happy with what they have, and then maybe for them to be, to be revealed to them how to go to the next level if they so desire that. Um, but ultimately, Lord, we do what we do, or I do. This podcast, I will speak for the women in this room because I know their hearts. We do what we do because of you and because you're so beautiful. Amen. See you Friday. Mm-hmm.
2: Jesus, bright as the morning star, Jesus, how can I tell you how beautiful you are? Let's worship him let's love on him